On today's episode of The Copy Corner, we have a special guest host, an Allie Grummert, an email marketing strategist and copywriter. She joins us to talk about all things email subject lines in copywriting. We start out by hearing a little bit about her origin story, going from journalism and advertising to becoming a copywriter, how she was able to narrow her niche within email marketing, and how she communicates her services today. So a lot of great advice for fellow freelance writers out there, but for any business owner creator selling something online, email marketing is crucial to getting more customers. So we dive into a lot of factors to help improve your email writing. We go through best practices for subject lines, words to avoid, words to use. And we also answer common and popular questions of how long should my welcome series be and when should I time it out? Enjoy this episode. A lot of great information and fun stories. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Copy Corner. I'm your host, Terry Schilling. I say co-host, and you guys are used to having Dan Marzullo next to me, but a few Copy Corner episodes coming up. We're bringing on some guest hosts, and today, very happy to have Allie Grummert, Live from Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska. That's not. That's <laughs> terrible. No, that's so. That just puts shame where you're from. Sorry yeah, about that. It's a downgrade. That. <laughs> yeah, don't mean that at all. We're both Midwesterners, so we were we were chatting on that before we went live. You know, and there's already that you know pleasant vibe between Allie and I. But Allie, I'm so happy to have you on the show today because we're going to be talking a lot about email copywriting, mm-hmm. subject line formulas, talking a little bit about your origin story. But yes, you can start that. So say, you know, give a little introduction better than I just did of yourself, but happy to have you here. You did great. Uh, <laughs> like you said, um, I'm Allie Grubert. I'm a uh, conversion copywriter, email marketing strategist. I work primarily with bloggers and I focus on welcome and nurture sequences to help get their products and blog content in front of their audiences um, to build brand loyalty, traffic back to their site and optimize for revenue. Excellent. Awesome. All that jazz. Love that. All that <laughs> jazz. How did you, let's just go, let's just go right into it. You know, we're going to cover a lot of topics today and just real quick, some, some starters for the show. We, we do this live. We're in the Facebook group, the copy link and on YouTube, but a lot of people be listening from podcasts. So welcome. I'm happy to have you guys here. Um, and if you're watching live and have any questions, you know, feel free to chime in. We'll answer those as we go along. So say hello as well. Um, but Ellie, you mentioned you got into you're helping a lot of the blogger scene right now, but yeah. like, what were you doing before you got into conversion copywriting? It seems like everybody's journey, you know, going into it, it's not really what they intended to do. Yeah, and mine was littered with insecurities. So, <laughs> oh man, I don't know how many yeah. people's aren't. Um, I never Relatable. went into it. Being, <laughs> um, yeah. I never went into it being like, I'm gonna be a writer someday. In fact, I worked. So my background, I have a degree in advertising and PR. And I have a degree in history because I'm a bit of a nerd and I just like sitting through lecture, but also lots of writing, just very different writing, Um, like a thesis and then also writing like a podcast script or, you know, commercial script. But I worked for an ad agency briefly in college part time. And I remember writing up Twitter, like status updates for a brand. And first (laughs) of all, like I have to sit down and write 20 of those knowing that they're going to live for 20 seconds. Like, yeah, makes me want to cry. The the life span of a tweet is like non-existent but i remember no. writing that or blog posts and my my boss would write in red pen just a w k and i'm like mm, 
hmm, so I'm not a writer? Is that what you're saying? Like, just awkward. And I remember asking her for like actual feedback. She was like, I don't know, it's just awkward. I'm like, okay, moving on with my life. So that was in college. And then I actually worked at a video production company after school. Uh, after college and I remember my boss there because I was like afraid to write like I was so nervous and she's like just write like how you write on your blog my tumblr like not even blog blog Uh, it's like I just have to share my feelings kind of stuff like it still exists but we're gonna keep that url tucked away in my heart oh Um, my god sidebar I just got an email (laughs) from tumblr of like you're going so just years old not gonna say the name of it but it's like oh my god it's still out there I remember writing that like on the Metro train, like to like commuting to, <laughs> to my agency job and just wanted to do some more writing. That's good old Tumblr. That's fun. Yeah. Well, and I still write like a birthday reflection post and like a new year's post. Cause my birthday's in June. Oh. I kind of do that a couple times a year, but it is, it's a completely different type of prose and I really just enjoy it. Um, yeah. And cause I'm also, that's the historian in me. I'm like, must keep a record of life and like <laughs> highlight. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Must be honest with myself. Um, you know, I submit myself to that kind of, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Most people don't do that. But um, right. yeah, so my boss at the time was like, just write like how you write on there. And it really freed up so much. And she was so kind with her feedback because she wasn't a writer either. She was a yeah. video production producer. And so that kind of opened that up. Then I've always been really into budgeting. This is going to connect. I became mm. a food, I became a personal yeah. finance blogger <laughs> um called askally.com no longer exists but rip that was where it all started um and then yeah. i got into the food or the, i keep saying food a money blogging space mm-hmm. and then like a couple years later i listened to one too many podcasts on how you can start your own business and i was like guess i'm gonna try um, there you go. <laughs> so i went part-time at the video production company my bosses were super sweet i was part-time there for a year and a half while i kind of figured out do i want to be an opm do i want to do writing like what is it and I, I wasn't like i'm gonna be a writer but yeah. what happened was a lot of people struggle with email marketing because it's technical and it's complex so i actually started out being like an email marketing tech like implementer um okay and then i took val geisler's incubator so awesome. I, I started my business like august she launched like a webinar about it like in November, October for $75. And then she was like, pitch the incubator. And I was like, yep, gonna do it. So I invested all of this money and I got to, yeah, just be trained under her for four months. And it was really interesting because in that process, a lot of the people in the incubator were like e-com, SaaS, like that's the kind of emails I wanted to do. And I'm over here being like, but I like wanna help bloggers. And everyone was like, that doesn't make sense to me. And I was like, it does make sense to me, but I have zero confidence. So like for six months, the first half of like 2019, I was like, but can you make a living doing that? Well, I also knew from being in the finance space, like I went to a Mm -hmm. conference every year that there were these bloggers who've been creating content five, 10, 15 years and have not optimized their content for email. So like they have all this wonderful Mm -hmm. content that new subscribers would love to know about, but they don't find out about it. And so for me, it was just like, we need to connect the dots here. And then that's how I got into blogging. And then I was on the Food Blogger Pro podcast in like late 2019. And now like half my clients are in finance or food blogging. So it's pretty different, but. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, And for a lot of the other freelance writers, you know, who watch this or just aspiring freelancers, can you talk a little bit about that transition to like knowing what this niche is going to be. I want to reach out to bloggers and how you started marketing that 
in getting clients? Because it seems like a little bit of reaching out, doing podcast. But what was your mm-hmm. what was your organized chaos strategy? If you, if you had one? Yeah, at the time, like I wasn't on podcast. I didn't have a website for my business for the first year. Like the whole time mm-hmm. I was going through the incubator with Val. And I should say that that's that's the season where I learned that actually I am a writer. Like I'm, yeah. I can communicate as I stutter. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's all writers. Yeah. Right. I'm like, just, that was my first draft. So, yeah. yeah. So that's where I kind of developed all of those skills. And I actually met with a business coach who helped me really refine my own packages. And I have two. And that made it really easy to sell. So, getting out of the mindset yeah. that like everything has to be custom was for starters. Like, I get to control the process. I need it to be something that is like, I can calculate it. I can know how many weeks something will take. I can know the steps it'll take. Um, that's been really helpful. Yeah. But as I've grown my team, I have a team of four now in like varying capacities, awesome. which is bonkers yeah. to me. Um, yeah. I just started three years ago. And so, yeah, yeah I think having, having my niche and sticking with it and just saying like, this is who I serve. If you're not them, I don't need to like bend over backwards to make it work for you. I don't need to yeah. learn how to write website copy. I don't like... So part of it is like having that boundary, but also knowing like, if you need to fill your core, if you need to fill your bucket and make money, you can do that. But yeah. just like, don't make that your long-term thing yeah. kind of say. So for me, like I have my audit, which is like basically a paid proposal. Like I get to go in and look at everything and say, this is what I would change. And I give them really okay. specific feedback. And I always tell them like, you can take that and run with it and apply it yourself. But like 95% of the people who take the audit <laughs> sign up for the next service, which is where I actually help them with like audience research, content strategy, um, all the copywriting, yeah. copy editing, and then I set it up for them in their platform, turn it on and everything. Like, Oh, that's so huge for people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've definitely, yeah. I tried doing an intensive that was like, I'll give you the ideas or like, and then I'll set it up for you or whatever. And like yeah. three out of the four people when I was testing out that product came back to me and they're like, can you just do it all? And so yeah. now I've learned it's not even a good service because if it ends up not like meeting the actual need of the people, I'm not going to just like force this half service on people either. Yeah. It's yeah. like to save them money. Like if anything, I can say, actually, yeah, it could save you money, but it's going to be harder for you to execute on it. So, yeah. which is why my company is called Duet, because it sounds like do it. And I'm yeah. always a person who's like, get the stuff done. Like yeah. stop daydreaming. Pen yeah. paper. Make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's so cool. Like three years now, and now you're, you know, you're doing a lot. Because like we've connected on Twitter, but seeing what you're doing, you know, recently saw that you we're a presenter at, at FinCon and see that you're doing a lot with email marketing. And then, you know, we reached out to have you come and guest host, you know, on the show. So it's, it, it's just a cool story, especially like I mentioned, a lot of aspiring freelancers out there of just kind of like owning in on a niche and, you know, and just continuing to market yourself and grow that inbound marketing, whether that's just yeah. creating content and reaching out to other people. Yeah. Well, and, um, I guess I didn't ahead. answer that started side of your question, but yeah, a lot it's of okay. it was like, hopping on chit chats with people in the community and just saying like, I know that you might not be of service to this, but do you know of anybody who is, or can you send them my way? Um, It was attending these conferences. Like I met with my business coach for the first time in July, nailed down my services and my elevator pitch, went to FinCon in that like September. And Mm -hmm. I think I got seven clients out of it. Like I was just went crazy booked out because I would just go to all the meetups and I would just have my spiel and people be like, I've been wanting to do that. Like these, yeah. these are people who've been doing this long enough. Like they're not going to sit through a webinar. They're not going to go through your funnel. They just want to meet someone and say like, I think I can trust you to do this yeah. <laughs> and I will pay you to just get it off my plate. And so yeah. that's all it was. It was like old school sales. Like 
get their business card, give them yours and follow up with them. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was pretty powerful. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was just going to go on about too, like with niching down, how you found the conversion email copywriting, if you will, for bloggers, I feel like there's just different types of niches. Like some people are like, Oh, I want to work in real estate. Or I want to work in finance. But I think like the types of writing too is such an important niche too. Like you can be an email copywriter and work with multiple industries. Mm -hmm. I feel like as long as like you have this process of researching and understanding the audience or the audience's goals and what the client mm -hmm. goals are, I feel like it's more, it can so easily translate your skill set to help a variety of clients. I think yeah. a lot of people get caught up on, well, I need to narrow down my niche of like who I want to work with. But think about, I just like to focus more on the what, like what you're going to do. Like I do conversion copywriting and it works with a lot of websites and email, you know, mm -hmm. at this point for me. So I kind of, that's really the bulk of what I do. And it's funny you pick your services. I feel like that's something I'm still need to focus more on is like, I have my, e I have my website copy services. Like I like, feel like pretty well down, but the email copywriting side is something I've been exploring and been fortunate, fortunate enough to get some opportunities, whether it's consulting, working with larger companies to like see what their welcome series are, improving it, you know, meeting people one-on-one -on -one with like even sales teams, just going through how to write engaging emails because in the B2B space, well, really a lot of spaces, it's just, they're very like just cookie cutter and they're telling everybody everything kind of right away. There's not a lot of curiosity and not a lot of personality, you know, with email. Yeah. Oh, everyone, like there's so many misconceptions. First of all, we're probably yeah. not sending enough emails. Like all of these clients that I got in the first year, That's like these point. people have been blogging yeah. forever. I'm like, if you just sent out an email with an old blog post, think of how much traffic you'd get. And yeah. they get revenues from traffic and affiliate links. And it's just like, that feels like a no brainer. Let's repurpose the stuff that you know people love. I yeah. always joke, I'm like, because they, they would always say, well, I wrote that blog post five years ago. I'm like, well, is it still a wonderful lasagna recipe? No one yeah. cares. Like, is it still like the basics of how to budget? No one cares yeah. how long ago you wrote it. It's still helpful. So yeah. Um, yeah, and pairing that with the audience research of like, why did people come to this site? What are their questions? Mm -hmm. What are they looking for? And how do we just like match that up with either existing content you have or content you can create for your welcome and nurture sequence? Yeah, that's such good advice. I feel like me like repurposing or just like even like posting out like podcast episodes, something I wrote or something old, I can't get out of my head. I'm like, I just like, I'm going to still bombard them. And then the unsubscribes would just hurt my feelings. But it's just like, I need to focus on, I still have a lot of people who like follow me, new people that have never seen this stuff before, you know, and sometimes people, you know, maybe didn't see that who've been following me for a long time. So like, you know, it's great advice to email. You're not sending enough emails because sometimes I feel like once a week or like two a week for me is just even too much just because I feel like people have had enough of me from like everything well, I'm doing. And that's where understanding the tech side of email is helpful because like you can always add a link yeah. that says like, hey, on Tuesdays I send out content that I've created before you join my email list. If you're not interested in getting that, click here and you'll still get my recent yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. But that's also what kind of makes <laughs> me as a copywriter, it's it's interesting because like I know about things like conditional content and segmenting. And so like I kind of like can write the emails initially with this like powerhouse understanding of like, we're not going to be mm -hmm. sending stuff to people that they who don't need it. Like this conditional yeah. content only shows up for people who are not on the wait list, like yeah. X, Y, Z. Um, and I think that makes the clients feel awesome too. Like one of my big things is like, we just don't need to be sending more noise to people that it doesn't apply to. And that includes yeah. the email itself. Maybe somebody just doesn't need that email or what's in that email too. 
Yeah, that's a great call with just segmenting and even putting that like at the top of the email just to let them know, mm -hmm. like give them that option, you know, yeah. instead of like, what type of content am I going to see? It varies potentially from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's super smart. Yeah. I have a question for you about email, you, you know, the tech side. Yeah. What would you say is the best platform for beginners? And then as you grow, what are some of the other ones that you would recommend? Yeah. So the two that I recommend the most are ActiveCampaign and ConvertKit. I would say from okay. a usability standpoint, ConvertKit is like so dang easy. Yeah. Um, there's like, you don't have to build out really a template at all. You can just send the email and it's going to look fine. Um, I, I use ConvertKit because it's such a light okay. platform. Like it's robust, yeah. but like I don't have to wait for pages to load. So help me. I do not have the patience for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I tell people, and I get so defensive of people. I'm like, if it's already hard for you to send emails, don't make it harder by picking out a platform where you have to design stuff or spend 15 yeah. minutes refining it before it goes out. Just like get the content out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and both of those platforms allow you to tag and like segment your subscribers. Um, yeah in a way that's not list-based, like MailChimp. Um, yeah. What's cool too with ConvertKit, when I first started my second, like not my blog, but now my business, I used to have ConvertKit with my blog. And mm -hmm. then when I started my business, I went with MailerLite because there was no free ConvertKit plan. And MailerLite yeah. is a great option for getting started because you can just like get stuff created um, and you get automations, yeah. you get like 200 subscribers, you get groups, which is like their version of tags. But now that yeah. ConvertKit has a free option, what I generally tell people, I'm like, just get in the habit of sending your live broadcasts. Even if you can't repurpose yeah. it right now, do that for six months, make sure you actually like it. <laughs> and yeah. then when you pay upgrade you to the $29 a month, take all that content you've sent and create it into a nurture sequence. So yeah. then you like are maximizing it as soon as you start yeah. paying for it. Yeah, no, so. awesome advice. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I know I've recommended Miller Lite, just it always sounds like I say Miller Lite <laughs> when I say that, <laughs> but Miller Lite. And uh, yeah, it's it looks like a simple tool. I've seen resources. I've heard good things mm -hmm. about it for people, like you said, just getting some initial content out there, and then you can switch over, uh, yeah. you know, as well. So one big tip if you're going to start on one platform and migrate over, this is the yeah. tech side of me, but like set up a URL redirect from your site for your forms, mm. like for your landing okay. pages. So that way, when you update, like change over to ConvertKit or Active Campaign, you just have to redirect them on the back end of your site versus having to go, like every place you've mentioned your landing page on your site. Yeah. You don't have to go replace yeah. that link with a convert kit one. Yeah. I'm sure it could have. <laughs> I, I am curious too, cause you did, you said you did Val, uh, you did Val's incubator and she's yeah. kind of, you know, well not kind of, she's known to be such a trusted source for mm -hmm. email copywriting. What was the number one thing, light bulb moment that like you still go back to that's kind of changed how you write emails? Ooh, how I write emails. Okay, first of all, the audit and the big service thing came from her, but that's that's more about how I run my business and yeah, okay. how I write emails. Um, I think it was jobs to be done, learning about that as a hmm. methodology for gathering audience research. So like your clients aren't just looking for a course on photography. They're looking for freedom from their day job so that they hmm. can try something creative and make money from it, even if they don't know if they'll go full-time you know like what is the actual yeah. heart behind it so like yeah. i have like a client who has a homeschooling course so it's not just like i want to be a homeschooler it's like actually i want to find a way to both connect better with my kids and provide a learning experience that fits with the way that they learn like that's yeah. the messaging we're learning not just surface level like so you're interested in homeschooling it's like 
clearly yeah. they're on your website, but like, why? What's yeah. the actual why? Yeah, I love that. Because it, it it's so big because it just separates you from competitors because the majority of your competitors will get caught up on what the product like literally does mm-hmm. instead of like that emotional benefit of what you're offering, which is yeah. like what kind of I, I would call like the emotional benefit of the benefit. Like, yeah, you can be a homeschooler. That's a benefit of taking this course, but what's the emotional side, which like what you mentioned, like freedom, yeah. like to spend time more with your kids. Uh, and confident yeah. as a homeschooling parent. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly. There's still like that journey from like they're first on your list and you kind of have to capture that like that intrigue of like, this is why mm-hmm. you're here. Great. Stick around and I'm going to help you develop confidence and see if homeschooling is right for you, et cetera. And then when we actually yeah. pitch the course, it is like, okay, and at the end of the course, you'll be able to do X, Y, or Z. Like those benefits are still yeah. really helpful, but you just have to know where they belong. And you're not just yeah. selling a course for the sake of selling a course. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I want to transition to the email subject lines. That's what we yeah. that's what we named this episode. Pro <laughs> tips to writing must open subject lines. What a hook, right? There. Oh, what a hook. <laughs> yeah. What a hook. But <laughs> I feel like I should put that in parentheses for every headline I write, just to be sarcastic. But I am just curious how much time or you know what? Let's let's try to phrase this. What's more important, the subject line or the actual body of the email? It's a little broad, but I'm just curious your thought, your first reaction to that. I want to say the body of the email, but nobody's going to open the email if they if you don't have a subject yeah. line. No. Yeah. Blah, that's hard. Um, it's tough. Yeah, I know. And I, I just I just feel like people should spend more time on the subject lines. That's just me personally. Yeah. And like, But I tell people, write the body of your email, like start with that and then see what comes up from that to really hook them with this with the subject line of right. how you can do that but absolutely spend time spend time on that subject line and test if you have to yeah but yeah i my process usually looks like writing the email and then i go in and i write like 10 subject lines at the top yeah I'm just like all options so i kind of just like i don't know what to verbally process all the different options i've actually had a friend of mine who's a copywriter watch me come up with subject lines once and she's like i don't even know what i'm watching right now because i'm like tweaking the words and i'm adding an arrow and i'm adding an emoji and they're all like a little bit different and i'm like i don't know which one you like best and so um but i'll sometimes like submit my copy to the client with like eight subject line options and i go which one stands out to you yeah yeah and then if they're like we don't know you pick then i go through and pick um yeah because a lot of it is just like getting that that initial draft out of your head. And sometimes you'll be mm-hmm. back, you'll go back and be like, this makes zero sense. I don't know why, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think like give yourself lots of options. I know some people come up with like 70 and I probably could spend more time doing that too, but. Yeah, no, yeah, with with clients, I'd say, I'd at least give them like five, either just yeah. to choose from and like pick one and they highlight it. Um, but yeah, it just goes like, I write that body of the email, I think, Sometimes with my newsletter, I'll write this like one subject line to put it mm-hmm. ready just to kind of get an idea, like a theme for what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. And then I, you know, kind of dissect it of what I'm writing in the body of the email. Um, yeah. But do you have, do you have rules for writing subject lines? Some, like I don't use the word free. That's oh, all. Okay. That's, that one's kind of hard. I don't. Like I've done spam research. I have not. I'm just going to guess <laughs> that the word free is going to get pinged. And so I try and keep that out of there. I don't necessarily mind putting it in the preview text. Um, that's also like pairing that with your subject. So I have my subject lines and my preview text in the, I call it a copy doc. Yeah. And I just will like kind of play around with them. Like one will tee up to the next one, you know, yeah. or one will be a little bit you know, intriguing and vague. And then the preview text is like, 
join our workshop. <laughs> like we'll tell you, <laughs> yeah. this is actually what's in the email. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a rule. I know, I remember, was it, it could have been Val, it could have been sometime from TCC IRL, but the words like this, or like when you're referring, using words like that in the email, people are like, what is this, this, that, that, this, that she mentions, like must yeah. click and find out. Yeah. Um, sometimes I use like arrows, like the sideways mm. carrot of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> continue, click. And I don't know necessarily the effectiveness of that. And yeah. I'll use emojis if it feels appropriate. Um, yeah, but I guess those are less rules and more just like so. To play around. I just want to clarify: you like using the word "this" in a subject line? Yes, I do. Okay, good. For a minute there, because when you start off, don't say free. I was thinking you were saying don't say this. And I'm like, oh man, you're like we agree to disagree because it's just like I preach that a lot about. Like I call it like the "what is this" formula. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure maybe somebody else has labeled it that too, but it's such like a curiosity striker because you hear like they want to find out what is this you know, when they open the email. Um, I I think a lot of people too, like they make the mistake of telling everybody what's in that email and you can replace the subject with this in the subject line to get them to open it. Because sometimes if they're in a hurry and I see what this is about, I'm like, I don't need to see this right now, but just knowing, all right, I'm a little bit curious. Maybe then you'll hit them at the right time where like they need it. Cause if you know your audience well enough, you have to feel confident that this can be helpful. But sometimes, yeah. you know, if you're just completely honest, what we're not honest, but like giving them away everything in the subject line, they're just, I just feel like they're more likely just to skip that and be like, I don't need right. this right now. Right. When I heard recently too, Ashlyn Carter said in a video that like, there's, there's a correlation between like, you still want the subject line to be somewhat related to what's in the email. Like you can't have it be so vague, like your actual like click through rates will improve in the email Mm -hmm. because the subject line matches the content, which yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I actually just pulled up my notes that I share with clients uh, or like anybody in my audit. This is what I share with them. So free. Let's do it. This is, this is free. (laughs) I'll see if I can type it up and put it on the screen (laughs) and anybody watching it as well. Um, Using the word you, or your, mm. um, I think in general, it's really easy for us to make subject lines about ourselves. Like here are five things that I know you should be doing. It's like, mm, yep. let's take, take the eye out of that. Um, yeah, give them a reason to open, keeping it somewhat vague to promote interest. Things like this, like this blank has been a crowd favorite for years. Like yep. this recipe or um, this secret sauce has been a formula for years. Exactly. Like this character, or like a cake recipe that you should know about, right? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't really care about that. But if you say this recipe, maybe then I want carrot cake then. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not trying to manipulate them, but it's just one goal is to get them to open the email and maybe they at least save it, bookmark it for later. Yeah. And maybe it's like you mentioned, like a sweet treat that your family will love. It's like, oh, what's sweet mm-hmm. treat? Is it, is it cookies? Is it ice cream? Is it carrot cake? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully not carrot cake. That's disgusting. I'm not <laughs> Um, another one is don't uppercase each word. You know, if you think about it, like Mm. if you're emailing a friend, (laughs) you're not capitalizing each word like it's a headline. Um, Yeah. Keep it. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. No title caps in the subject Mm -hmm. lines. Yeah. It's interesting because I see a lot of people who do that. And even like, I feel like even some of the other things like writing headlines like in YouTube, I see every like creator do that. But it seems like lowercase is very trendy as well. Yeah. It just feels like it just feels more natural for some reason. Well, and you get to pick like your branding style. Like you can capitalize the sure. first word. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I know some people like to have it all under 
uppercase, lowercase, blah, blah, mm-hmm. the yeah. whole way through. Um, whereas like, I don't know. And you'll notice some people have like a very trendy type of style of subject lines and you don't have to be them. Like Margot Aaron, love her subject lines. I don't know how long she spends mm. on them, probably 30 seconds because she's brilliant. But I'm like, yeah. oh, like they're just so stinking vague that I want to open them. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, and they're kind of goofy, but I don't have to be that person. My subject line can say three tech hacks that you want to make sure you use. Like, okay, yeah. what tech hacks? Or that's a terrible yeah. subject line. Not that great. Well, I'm just saying, like, like it, goes, it goes back to knowing the body of the email. If this is yeah. just what it is, and I know my audience, you know, just go ahead and, and say that. You're not, like, saying what, what each tip is in the subject line. Yeah. One, that would take up way too much space. At least you're giving them <laughs> yeah. something quick, like a quick win to go in there. And right. It. And it's it's context for what they're going to read. Whereas like Margo's content too and her audience are more like she's more of a an authority in the space. I don't know if you follow Margo. Um, but yeah. like so all of her stuff is more thought pieces. So she can be goofy. Mm. She can be whatever. I'm like, whatever, you're the Brene Brown of marketing for me. And so I'll read whatever you put out. Um, there you go. Yeah. So um another yeah. one. I remember I took one of Joanna Weeb's classes and she said that adding the subscriber's name to the subject line doesn't do much Mm. so but you can always try that if you want um so saying like this one's for you Allie, or like use conditional code yeah there's a ton of stats for personalization and i talk i like would tell clients a lot like if you have it like or if it's even like from like a business side like even that's just helpful too just put the subject line in them we like hearing our name as humans it's kind of Mm -hmm. grabs attention but yeah but it's interesting to hear because I've heard that I've heard both sides. I personally don't really use it anymore. Um, yeah, I in mine, I started to when I first was collecting emails. But I'm like testing mm-hmm. stuff all the time, even on my landing page. I'm like, is having them put their first and last name just like too much? I'm like, just give me your email, and you know, we'll go from there. <laughs> we'll go from there. Well, yeah. And I I used to do cold call sales when I worked at the video production company for we actually uh, had an yeah. online course that I sold that way versus like a webinar funnel. Very effective. Mm-hmm. But I would put their name in the subject line of like the follow-up email. So after I called and or left a voicemail, that I would put that in a sales email. So maybe it performs differently then than in like a generalized marketing email where people know they're on a list. Yeah. So awesome. Um, I like that. Yeah, what other else? things. I had add an emoji if it's your style, uh, and then reduce like or or eliminate entirely the use of exclamation points. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah. that might be my journalism background. So my advertising degree is through journalism, and they said you get five oh. exclamation points for your entire career. But what they didn't know <laughs> is that you would work in online marketing someday. <laughs> so I still use plenty of exclamation points. But I think yeah. you know that in like all caps. We don't want to feel like we're screaming at people. Um, mm-hmm. I think in general with marketing, if it's not the right time for someone to buy, we don't need to force them. Okay. <laughs> like just yeah. as a rule. Um, and so we don't need to add like crazy amounts of urgency, but things like it's your freebie, get it here. Like, sure. They're getting something yeah. for free. Yeah. Okay. It's so interesting. I think it's just, it will stick out in a way, but I don't know if it's good or bad in the inbox if you have yeah. all caps. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I think you know it sounds like so much but like knowing your audience is kind of what mm-hmm. what it is like i see so many like i've worked with entrepreneurs who like take these big courses and then all these subject lines just feel so spammy to me in using these all caps and title caps and like three emojis and three exclamation points i just say don't use more than one of them you know it just depends <laughs> yeah. what it is yeah. even sometimes it's like what i love to do is like break the third wall or if i say 
if I put something in all caps, it's purposeful. And then I'll put in parentheses, I'm sorry for shouting at you. But just like <laughs> that right that. away, just yeah. lower that to not feel, you know, so like, all right, Terry, I get it. Relax, <laughs> you know? Well, but, and I think like the idea of all caps for the whole subject line, like if you're oh, going to use no it way. for one yeah. word, like, yeah, you know, three yeah. more ways that you can save time when it comes to sending emails, like, sure. Yeah. Put more yeah, in all absolutely. caps. But if it's like the sale is ending, I'm like, please lower your voice. Yes. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> all right. It's like, all right, Abercrombie. All right, Madewell. Like, come on. <laughs> However, Madewell's email subject lines are pretty strong. Definitely. Like, I like follow like a lot of like retailers just to like kind of see what yeah. what what they do and like how they differentiate themselves. I feel like yeah. you can just learn a lot. Like, I just put good subject lines. They're entrepreneurs I follow. Side tip: yeah, so just in a content, like in like a folder in my email, just yeah. to kind of like even get inspiration from time to time mm-hmm. to see what they're doing. Um, yeah, because a lot of times that works for me if I ever feel like writer's block, you know, of subject lines, like formulas to use. For sure. I think too, something to keep in mind as far as like getting more opens comes from keeping your list nurtured. So Mm. you can have a wonderful subject line, but if you're not emailing them regularly, or if they don't remember who you are, then you're not going to expect, like, you can't expect the same kind of engagement. But that's yeah. coming from me, like a welcome and nurture sequence copywriter. Like that's yeah. that's what I've told my clients from the beginning. It's like we're building a relationship with your reader so that when you send future emails, they open them and they click through and they engage and they trust your recommendations. Like, yeah. yeah. So think about so you still have to think about it in the whole context of the marketing piece yeah. of relationship and with your readers. And I'm sure you can agree to this is if you are op- if you are like opting in, having people opt into your email, whether it's from a freebie um you know you have a link on your like a link in your twitter bio mm-hmm. like having a welcome series more than one i think is essential just to keep that attention because you have their attention now they're more likely to keep opening and following mm-hmm. along but i'm curious too ali of what you think is your recommendation for a welcome series of how many emails mm-hmm. um, and how it's spread out because i get yeah. this question all the time Love it. This is my favorite. This is what I work with. This is what I do every day. So I recommend anywhere from three to five emails. If you're just starting out, just do one. It's fine. Like you don't have to understand how you're going to segment your audience or what your soapbox is or anything like that. Um, I'd rather you have one and then you start sending emails regularly and you can build on more in the future. Um, I say you can't build a castle in a day. So you know, Amy Porterfield started somewhere too. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, in those first three to five emails, I usually start off, well, what I like about the welcome sequence, and I separate it from the nurture sequence, because the goal is that when someone completes the welcome sequence, you can pivot them towards like a webinar promotion, and then eventually mm-hmm. they get the nurture sequence. Or if you don't want to do that anymore, you just pivot them towards the nurture sequence when they're done. So it's kind of this, like, you get a little bit more flexibility than having them all in one giant automation. Um, yeah. The welcome sequence what has been really awesome for my clients is like, it really helps you define your brand. So no matter where people mm. are coming in from, whether they've heard you on a podcast, they followed you on Twitter, or they download one of your freebies, they're getting this like really concise, clear understanding of who you are. Um, and yeah. I don't say this to be a Debbie Downer, but like there are a million food bloggers. Uh, like mm-hmm. I'm making that number up, but there are so many. So like, what is it <laughs> yeah. about your food blog that they should stick around and come back? Is it because it's vegan baking? Is it because it, you do healthy, quick meals for large families? Like you might feel yeah. like that's just normal. State the obvious, you know, and tell them like you came here looking for clean meals that don't take hours and hours to prepare that your kids will actually yeah. like. Great, that's yeah. what we have here. And I'm gonna be sending you recipes soon. 
in the meantime, here's a quick checklist of like what I keep in my freezer, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy, yeah. you know, and like, yeah. that just reinforces who you are as a brand and still helps mm-hmm. them feel great about that connection. But if yeah. you don't have that, then they just don't hear from you until you release another blog post or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like if you have a freebie, something like that, I almost guarantee you have other stuff to talk about, like into like introduce yourself and give them some other type of word of the word of the century value in marketing, you know, just yeah. give them, give them something else. Like you have other content, I imagine, or if like, yeah. think about like, if you have a grocery checklist that you follow all the time, your go-to ingredients for XYZ, you know, yeah. just put that in there. You know? Like I have a, a client who's an Italian food blogger and I'm like, you know how many of her ingredients we don't have in our pantry in America? <laughs> like, so like one of the yeah. emails is like, Hey, to get the most out of everything I'm going to be sending you, like, here are the ingredients. Here's what they're for. Here's some recipes with them. You know, just like shower them with, mm-hmm. you know, a, a housewarming gift, if you will. It's like, yeah. welcome. If you're going to get the most out of this, you're going to need a few of these things. Yeah. So well, I love then, how you just even than, said it like, sorry, I just like how you said like you're good. things that you don't typically have in your pantry. Like that's just a great hook right there. It's like, I bet you don't have these ingredients in your pantry. Like these must have ingredients in your pantry. I feel like that would yeah. just be like, well, what if I do, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah. it's still just exciting to see it. So yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and so, oh, like in those three to five emails, that's also where you'd want to segment your list too. So if you have people who are like, mm-hmm. So like Pinch of Yum was one of my first food blogging clients. Maybe they were the first. And like, so we just asked them, ask the subscriber, are you new to home cooking or are you pretty advanced? And so if they're new, Mm. we send them through like a five email sequence. That's just like, here are some back pocket recipes. Here are some ingredients you need. Here are like five tools, like get a cutting board, get a decent knife, like these things. Uh, Here's how to like chop up garlic you know, or, yeah. or whatnot. That's cool. That yeah, it's a great idea. The advanced people know how to do it, but for the people who are brand new, who we want them to have fun cooking, they need to know these skills. And then everybody yeah. else goes through a more advanced sequence um, yeah. with like more advanced and you're building tools so, and recipes. You're, yeah, and you're building so much trust in your brand, like with that. And like, and if they leave you, like again, it will hurt your feelings a little bit if they unsubscribe because maybe they just got what they came for right away. But like, but if they stick around, I mean, that's the people you want in your corner eventually, whatever, mm-hmm. like your goal is at the end of this, like if to sell like a cooking course or like private classes, something like that, mm-hmm. you know, those are the type of people who are more likely going to buy the people who are following yeah. along. And like, well, but, and you, but you creating that content gets to build that trust and that right. likability factor too with yourself. Right. And like by making it really clear who you are and who you serve in those first few emails, if people unsubscribe, it's because you made it really clear who you serve and who you don't. Like if it's not for them, they're welcome to leave. Um, I think something else that's important just to keep in mind, I think this is with any brand, but especially you see it in email marketing because people unsubscribe and it hurts your feelings, but there's a time and a season for people to be in your little universe and there's a time for them Mm. to leave. Like there are phenomenal bloggers I followed for two years and eventually just had to unsubscribe. I'm like, sorry, Courtney, I'm kind of past all this. Thanks for helping me get to where I am with my blog. You know, so like I had, there were no hurt feelings. She didn't have any advanced courses at that time. And I like felt bad. I was like, all I've done is consume your stuff. (laughs) And I've paid you nothing. Like I've watched all of your YouTube videos and I unsubscribed. But like, that doesn't mean people didn't find value on your list while they were there. Just like, it's okay to let them Mm -hmm. go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh man, great advice. And then to... The second part of that question, you know, was yeah. the, the spreading it out, the time frame. Like, are oh, you yeah. more 24 hours person? 
spreading that out even a little bit more. And then also I see sidebar too, we have a couple people watching live. So if you guys have questions, your questions will help the audio listeners as well. Um, so feel free to say hi and ask any question. But yeah, Allie, I'm curious, what's kind of yeah. your time sequence there? I probably send the first three to five emails in the first seven or eight days. Okay. So the first email, you can send it out immediately or an hour later, or you can try sending it out a day later. Kind of depends mm. to where they're coming from. So if it's your very first yeah. sequence, great. If you have like an email challenge leading into it, maybe it's got a delay. Um, yeah. So, and then the next, I would say like three straight days, like emails one, two, and three can be okay. three days in a row. And then you can start yeah. spacing it out two or three days apart, depending on yeah. how many. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Do you ever like open a loop to the next email? Because I do this a lot with clients. But, oh, like, I'll yeah. say in the P I say in the PS, hey, look out for this subject tomorrow. I like get them kind of primed like to keep looking for my emails. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm trying to think of a client project where I just did this. Um sometimes it's like, you know, I have clients who work a lot in like weight loss and healthy eating. And so it's like, Hey, yeah. stay tuned for tomorrow for like the, how I got here, you know, after mm -hmm. 40 failed attempts at dieting between the, you know, yeah. and you're like, okay, I'll open. And then, you know, that yeah. next email, we tell their story and it's like, see, you're yeah. not alone. I'm not just giving you advice. I didn't follow. And, yeah. um, I want to say there was something like that. There's also like, yeah. in tomorrow's email, I'm going to give you like the three mistakes most homeschooling parents make. Yeah. Yeah. So teasing that just, out. I, yeah. I think like a lot of people fail to do that or even put that in the PS, like let them, I'm just personally a fan of give, set the expectations when I'm doing for a client or if I subscribe to a mm -hmm. list, it's like, if you're going to tell me something tomorrow, it's like, at least I'll know to look out for it. But again, like what to expect. You're going to email me twice a week, twice a month. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I just did a lead magnet workshop uh, with a few other creators and we, we went through a welcome series and I stuck it to three emails. And it was a lot of it was like that, like guys open the loop to that next email. And if you have a hard sell, you know, kind of let, don't let them know I'm going to sell you something. But again, like those previews though, just keep them interested in guiding along where they've, they've already got to know you now. And then, you know, if you do like a, like a hard sell for like an offer that's more paid, you know, your chances will increase because you kind of let them know what to expect and you're building that trust. Absolutely. I even include, like a teaser for what's coming on the new, like by being on the email list in the opt-in confirmation email. So like the incentive okay. email where it's like, Hey, click here to join the list. And then it's like more coming. You're going to be getting these kind of updates, this and this, like I would yeah. rather over communicate that because it also communicates value. You're not just like, oh, I'm going to send you blog posts. It's like, I'm going to send you the latest recipes from clean and delicious, or um, like you're going to, you're going to get the latest how to videos from, you know, that go up on YouTube to mm -hmm. feel more confident in the kitchen or whatnot. Like that's just another place to really wow people, get them excited. Have yeah. you ever read, um, what is it? How to write copy that sells? I had to look at my bookshelf. <laughs> I have not read it, but I, I definitely know of it. I'll pull it over here. So there's a whole chapter just on uh, bullet points and they're like way more powerful than people give them credit for. So highly recommend, it's a super thin book. Is that Ray Edwards? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, on his list I, a lot. I've never, I didn't know who he was. I don't know him outside of this book. To be I honest. forget how I got connected or how I found out about him. Maybe through Amy, Porterf Amy Porterfield. I feel like there's a lot of like copywriters, marketers for like beginner freelance copywriters who you get kind of invested in early. I feel like Amy Porterfield is definitely one of them. You follow yeah. along. She's got the SEO rankings for sure. <laughs> yes, um, she does. But 
Uh, yeah, great advice with the welcome series and kind of, again, everybody listening, uh, like whether you own a business, whether you're writing for clients, you know, tease those things, like whether it's in the PS, I love your idea of doing it in the opt-in page as well. Just like mm -hmm. setting those expectations. Like, yeah. for example, like my welcome, my welcome email for my newsletter, I, I let them know ahead of time, you know, of what, like what, what to expect, you know, moving forward after they signed up for that list. Oh yeah. Is it like how yeah. many, I have that on my like opt-in questionnaire for my clients. Like mm -hmm. how many times are you posting to YouTube? How many times are you posting the blog? And be, how do, can we communicate that to the client or to the client, to the um, subscriber in a way that yeah. doesn't overwhelm them, but just like, Hey, here's what you can expect. It's yeah, great. Absolutely. Super helpful. I'm curious. I want to end on uh, a final question, put you on the spot a little bit. Yes. If I ask you, what's one of your favorite email subject lines you wrote for yourself, for your client and why it worked, what comes to mind? Uh, I kind of want to open up my convert kit and look. There's one about, um, and like, I'm just, I'm kind of dorky. So I it could be super, like, even if it has like your highest rate, like we'll as you look see. up, I, I just know, like, for example, one of mine is freelancers wanted. It had like my highest open rate and conversion rate. And it was to do a webinar about like sales and closing for freelance writers. One, it was in the new year. So it was kind of like setting people up. They were motivated. Mm -hmm. um, but I just tell a lot of clients and, you know, preaching about call out your audience in the subject line, just yeah. to say, Hey, web webinar about freelancing. It's just like, call them out. Are they like, am I talking to freelancers? It's like, and then freelancers wanted, you know, it's yes. just kind of a common phrase. And it just, I obviously got people to open. And then I had a lot of signups for the webinar. So yeah. Yeah. Well, just call my, out. the very first email that people get on my welcome sequences Email marketing, email marketing is my happy place yourself. And then a little emoji doing this, like, <laughs> so, yeah. and that's got like a 63% open rate. So I'm going to call that a win. Uh, yeah, there you go. But that, yeah, it is kind of calling them out. And then like email marketing is the real MVP. And so I also like to use the word email a lot in my subject lines. <laughs> and maybe that's like yeah. a insecurity, but I'm like, I don't expect that anyone knows that I focus on email. I yeah. like and that's also like, I basically talk about the same three things over and over and over again, <laughs> like the technical yeah. side of email, what to include in emails, like the value of email. And I just repeat the heck out of that because I want to be known for that. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about that, kind of what we talked about earlier too, have you read Book Yourself Solid? That idea I'm of finishing down. You don't have to no. read the whole thing. Just read, like, listen to the first two chapters on Hoopla. Okay. Good. Um, I did okay. that once while walking on a treadmill and I took notes because that's the kind yeah. of person I go. am at the gym. Yeah, I like doing that too. But it's all about yeah. like, yeah, like how do you really own your niche and then you can expand in the future. So just because like I'm working with bloggers now doesn't mean I won't work with SaaS in the future. My personality means yeah. I probably won't work with SaaS in the future. <laughs> but like, well, I'll tell you, you what, that? I feel like your personality is perfect for SaaS, to be honest, <laughs> just because they, they, it, they need personality infused a lot. I think a lot of them get caught up about talking about themselves or just like, mm -hmm. I just want them to click this link. So let's get to it. But yeah, or being know, professional. You can, yeah, you like come on, you're humans. You know, at the end of the day, like yeah. tap into like their desires and needs instead of instead of yours. Really, yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. Awesome. fascinating. Well, cool. Well, I, I like to end the we like to end the copy corner podcast on this question. Something fairly new that we're doing. Okay. Um, another bring back. Why is copywriting so important to business? It could you could reference it to yours or just you know, have a mini TED talk right now. Why, 
well, this is kind of my soapbox, but like I tell people all the time, like it. it's it's not fair that the people who want and would benefit from your content don't know about it. Like mm. you kind of have to get over it and share your message, even if you're not like 100% sure you've written it the right way, if the subject line isn't perfect, it's like yeah. copywriting, whether it's good or bad, it's still communicating. So if you're not communicating yes. that you have something to the people who would want it, it's not doing them a service and it's doing a disservice for you. So yeah. Wow. That's my, that's my soapbox. Excellent answer. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, Allie, this was so much fun. I like how, you know, I've tell, I tell, we were talking in the beginning. Allie's like, how long do we usually do these? And I'm like, well, they're usually 10 minutes or less when we're just picking a topic and interviews could be anywhere between 30 minutes, but we're approaching 50, but I have to say this went by, this went by fast. I know that's cliche as hell, but I feel like we covered a lot in those, those last 25 minutes. I think we're could be very helpful for, you know, or anybody getting, into email copywriting, getting some confidence in freelancer you know, to wrap you how to package your services, uh, some really great stuff. So thank you uh, for sharing all your knowledge and experience Absolutely. today. This is great. Yeah. And then let everybody know where they can follow you, you know, talk about your email list, anything mm -hmm. that you like to uh, promote. Yeah. So if you visit duet.co, I have a resources page there and there's a bunch of freebies and ways you can get on my email list. That's the best way to hear from me. It's the most consistent way to hear from me. I'm not much of an Instagram yeah. gal, but you can also find me uh, over there at Allie Grummert. And so, yeah, but if you join my email list and you have any questions to anything I send over, just reply back and I'll be the one to answer. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into this episode of the copy corner with Terry and Allie today. Dan, We'll be back occasionally, but we're going to be having some more guest hosts with myself, um, you know, on the live stream and on the podcast. So as always, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.